0: Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. What a goal! Sensational! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. The world is left to wonder. Wide-eyed, thrilled, bemused. How on earth did that happen?
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lieboff. And joining me today are my friends and colleagues, B.J. Cunningham, coming to us from Iowa, Anthony DeBundo. He's on assignment in England uh, for this one. So having some fun over there, watching some Premier League stuff. But um, our focus will shift away from the Premier League and in, into the Champions League for the midweek. We got two semifinal first legs, and we will start with Man City and Real Madrid. This is the Tuesday kickoff at 3 p.m. City are home favorites, minus 200. Real Madrid plus plus five fifty. The draw here on the three way money line is plus 350 to advance city minus 245. Madrid coming back plus 195. I think this is going to be a completely different challenge for Real Madrid compared to what they've just had to deal with um, over against PSG um and then Chelsea. It's just you, you're playing City is just such a different beast. You're not going to see much of the ball. Uh they're going to work, they're going to pass you to death. But Real Madrid should be. Uh, in theory, comfortable in those situations, but I think City also had the kind of luxury of playing Atletico Madrid before this one too, which is like a, a decent tune-up for Real Madrid. I, I, I'm assuming Real Madrid will sit back and relax and, and try to absorb as much pressure as possible and then hope Benzema can nick them a goal or two here and, and get back to the Bernabeu in decent shape, um, which does kind of feel like a uh, you know, slow-moving game here, uh, BJ. I think that's where I'd go. Maybe a bet on the draw, but I'd be looking at, at at the unders, maybe maybe even some like alt lines under minus one and a half or something, because it does feel like this one is going to be lumbering towards the final whistle.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's it's interesting because I would say right now, I don't really know what to make of City. Like I wouldn't say that they're just incredibly dominant side right now, after especially after drawing with Liverpool, losing to them three, two in the FA Cup semifinals. And then obviously that second half over the second leg against Atletico they were not the better side. So going up against Real Madrid, I'm very, very interested to see how Real Madrid is going to set up. Are they going to set up like they did in the first leg against PSG and try and play ultra defensive and struggle to get out and transition because City is a fantastic pressing team and can really suffocate you inside your own, inside your own final third that better way Chelsea really can't. So I'm interested to see how Real Madrid is able to react to that because if you go back to that first leg against Chelsea – they started out pretty poor. Like Chelsea was all over them at the beginning. They got one counterattack going forward and they got a Benz, Benzema miracle header goal. And they were like, well, not really a miracle, but you know, a very nice heading goal. And they're like, Oh, we can actually go out and counter. Like we can actually get out and transition and, and cause some problems. And I'm wondering if they're going to be able to do that here because I mean, Pep, I don't know what he's talking about. A injury crisis. I mean, John stones and Kyle Walker are out. Like, you know, everybody's going through injuries at this point, but I I just really don't know where Real Madrid's going to do with this. Uh, I mean, they were pretty lucky, honestly, to get to this point. I mean, they've scored 4.7 expected goals off of eight and then allowed six off of 6.5. So essentially minus 1.8 expected goal differential over four matches against PSG and Chelsea. And they're in the semifinals because Kareem Benzema is just on an unbelievable finishing run. I do have some projected value on the over. I have 3.07 goals projected. So over three goals is at plus 110. I'm going to wait. A little bit to see how the market kind of reacts. Uh, if I can get a better price on over two and a half, I think I might end up playing that because I could see a scenario where Real Madrid just comes out and says, you know what? We have confidence because we were able to counterattack Chelsea. So why can't we just go do it to Real Madrid? But then again, I can also see a scenario where they do what Diego Simeone did in the first leg and just put 10 guys behind the ball and just try and get a result and get it back to Madrid. So It'll be interesting. I might wait, try to play something live. Uh, I, I'm not really sure at this point because I'm not really sure what kind of tactics both these managers are going to set up in. Yeah, it's
1: interesting. This is this is I think of all the knockout round matches so far. I think this one is kind of the toughest one to call. Uh, it's line tight. I think City are, are deserving of their price, and uh, it's just it's you know exactly what Real Madrid's their path to success is. You know, and it's just can they keep repeating it? It's it against Man City. It's, it becomes a little bit of a trickier situation. Uh, I should note Liverpool and City are the two favorites right now to win the Champions League, both at plus one fifteen. Real Madrid six and a half to one via Real out there at twenty-three to one. Anthony, um, do you see this in a similar fashion to BJ as, as a as a match that you know could maybe one of these teams does surprise us and takes the the hands off the brakes here and, and we see some goals?
2: I don't see a lot of goals, to be totally honest. I think this is interesting because I do believe that Real Madrid was a bit fortunate to get here, right? And I think we all agree on that. And I think they're kind of similar to PSG last year, right? So PSG last season, let's go back. They thrashed Barcelona in the uh, in the round of 16. We, we had a lot of question marks about Barcelona, similar to how we had a lot of question marks about PSG this year. They get to the quarterfinals. They play Bayern, who were the defending champs. They get quite a bit fortunate in terms of finishing variants, get past them. But really, it was Mbappe and Neymar stealing the show, counterattacking Bayern controlling the match, but getting beat on transition. And that's exactly what happened in the two legs that Real Madrid beat Chelsea. It was Real Madrid was not the better side necessarily, but they had the better moments. They had the best players in the best moments making big plays. And that's all you need in a Champions League knockout. Now they get to the semis. And what happened to PSG in the semis last year? Pep struggled, balled it. Like they, they kept the ball the entire match. Seemingly, they kept, you know, two guys on Mbappe pretty much the entire match and then suffocated Neymar out with their possession and pretty much. Took away all transition opportunities, and so I think City is going to do the exact same thing, at least attempt to do it in this match. João Cancelo is suspended. I think it's the big loss for the attack for City. I know he's a wing, he's a he's a right back slash left back. Um, he's actually second in the Prem in progressive passes this season, behind only Trent Alexander Arnold. So he's clearly very important to moving the ball up the pitch and getting into these big areas, into these key areas, and playing passes forward. So I think they're going to be a little worse at that without him. And I'm just not sure what they're going to do defensively either. BJ mentioned the injuries. We don't know if Kyle Walker's playing. I think he's questionable. Is he, is he out? Uh, if he doesn't play, that makes them even more conservative. I think, cause Pep is going to be terrified of Vinicius. And I think they're going to play this very similarly to the first leg of the Atlético match. If Walker is out because Walker's kind of their safety. He's like a free safety in football to, to put it in terms, right? He's the guy, the sweeper as they use in soccer. And he's their pacey guy who can man Mark and, and, kind of pick up the loose pieces on uh you know when teams try to play in behind their high line. And so I think he's a huge loss. Same with John Stones, who's pretty mobile, uh, you know, compared to some of their other center backs. So I lean toward the under. The number's not there for me either. I want to see if I can't get a better number on the three. It's minus 140, 135. If it got down to like 120, 125, that's where I would go. I just don't see Real Madrid being particularly aggressive here in the first line on the road, knowing that if they do that, uh they could get caught out. And and really, I do think they'll get um, a sh- at least one shot, though, by the way. But anyway, uh, I'm I'm going with the under as my lean here for this match.
0: Yeah, so this is a I live. Know. This is definitely a live under game that we talk about, you know, with these type of things, because e- if either side goes up, they're going to hunker down and be very good. If Man City goes up, they're going to control possession. They're going to hold the ball, and they're going to try to make it essentially like a one-nil one, one nil win. And if Real Madrid scores, I mean, they're just going to pack it in. Ten guys behind the ball, and let's just hope we can see this game out. So, I guess now I'm leaning towards a live under, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I could, I honestly could see a scenario where Real Madrid says we have nothing to lose. Let's just go out there and, and, and press them and go for it. But again, it's, it's difficult for me to, to see what's going to happen.
2: And, and, yeah. and one more thing, you know, what happened in that, in the semifinal, right? I did the kind of the PSG comparison uh, PSG went into the semifinals. They actually scored early on a set piece. Marquinhos, 15th minute header, uh, but the game was very dead. I mean, there was only 1.7 expected goals. City won at 2-1. They had two kind of fluky-ish goals. One was a free kick deflected, I believe. And then uh, they scored uh, from outside the box, I think, Mares. So th- there were some fluky-ish goals in a game that didn't have a ton of chances. I mean, neither team created a full expected goal. And you just see that these teams, they tighten up and they don't play nearly as open as you'd see uh, in, you know, a regular group stage match. Or even like a round of 16, uh, the, you know, you tend to just get teams to tighten up in these bigger matches and especially the first leg where I think teams have a tendency to be more conservative. And we've just seen this so much from pep that he's going to pep this and not take any chances.
1: Similar to what we talked about with the, uh, the second leg of the uh, city at Letty match, there's only so many different ways this game feels like it can go to. So it's not a bad one to take a shot on a, on an exact score prop, right? We go back to the the other
2: half again. Yeah, we I mean we said we said it? before we said before
1: that match, you know, 0-0 at 12 to 1 is a good bet because it probably comes through uh, much more often than those odds imply. And I think, you know, if you're looking at, you know, 1-0 City, 0-0, 1-0 Real Madrid, anything like that, those are seem like the most likely outcomes here and and it, it would 18-1 really be a sprint
2: here for goalless.
1: Yeah, it's not a it's not a bad bet at all. Um, so that might be where I'm going. Or, you know, even like a nil-nil a first half, one-nil City exact score prop. Something like that. Um, let's go on to the next match, though. Uh, Villarreal, our boys on the yellow submarine, traveling to Anfield. Uh, Liverpool are minus 390 in the first leg. Villarreal, 11-1. The draw is four, plus 480. Uh, Liverpool's coming off a win over Everton, in which I think the Toffees kind of showed further flaws to that Liverpool has that that city kind of exploited in a, in a much more prolific way uh, in their two, two draw. Like if you can beat that, you can beat that, that Liverpool high line with, with pace, especially out wide. And, and if you can get Alexander Arnold, one on one you will get chances. Everton didn't take them. They didn't get a penalty. Liverpool, no penalties conceded this whole year. So go figure. Um, but yeah, the Reds are deserving minus 500 favorites to advance with Villarreal plus 360. But I do think this game really sets up well for a bet on our boys, Unai Emery's Yellow Submarine. They just held Bayern Munich to 2.6 expected goals across two legs, and what's most important of that number is they held them to 1.4 in a game that Bayern Munich needed to win at home, in Bavaria, right? So this is that's an incredible performance across two legs, and it's also you know sort of what I was uh, talking about with City playing uh, at Letty and then Real Madrid. Bayern's pretty much of poor man's Liverpool, right? Like you, if you can beat Bayern, if you can play up to Bayern, like you should be able to fancy yourself against a, a, a team like Liverpool too. And they've stepped up well. They, they beat Juventus in the first uh, knockout stage, step up in competition against Bayern, handle themselves really well, step up in competition again, a, a big one. You know, you're talking about one of the best two teams in the world right now. Uh, but 11-1, I mean, this team has shown over the past two years, they are just very, very good at hanging in ties dragging better teams deep into the night and if they can get a goal off a counter and they do create like they they've created uh, enough against these both Juventus uh, or even you know even going back to the, the group stage like, they're creating chances to that they're not fluking their way here uh, so yeah I mean I, I don't think there's any way any of us are gonna be looking away from from Real here um, so yeah back on Unai Emery uh, can you get it done again Anthony
2: Yeah, I think the market's finally, like, catching up to this team a little bit with with the way it's moved. I mean, we talked about this before the first match against Bayern. Like, how are they plus 560? We had our question marks about Bayern. have fewer questions about Liverpool. But now they're only plus 450 against Liverpool, to advance, that is. And I don't know about you guys, but I thought it was pretty clear prior to that match that Liverpool was better than Bayern. And I think it's even more clear after Bayern barely didn't get by Villarreal and then, you know, they've had their issues. So now we're only plus 450 here on the two advance line. Uh, we'll not be betting that. But uh, so, you know, you're finally getting the market respect for Real. For I think that's one thing that you have to note here, right? They, they were plus two with a little bit of juice uh, at minus 120, I think it was, or minus 125, BJ. I, I know you bet it uh, in the second leg against Bayern, up goal. Now they're only plus one and a half at even money here. So I think the market is kind of is kind of right on this. And I have Liverpool by 1.26. So I do still show value on Real but I'm going to split my bet here and I'm going to go more on the first half plus a half, plus 110, and then I'm going to take a little bit uh, just on the plus one and a half for the game as well because I, do, I don't, I do first of all, the reason I like the first half more, I think Liverpool's pressure and counter-pressing ability is just better than Bayern's. They're better in transition. Tiago and Fabinho and Henderson as a midfield are much more resistant to counters than the Bayern group is, and I'm worried about subs. I think Bayern didn't really have Guys off the bench, like they start all their good players and they don't have a ton of depth. And it's like Musiala is good, but there, there's not like a game-changing sub or two that uh, Bayern can really go to when they're pushing for a goal. Liverpool, and this has been, I think, the biggest difference between them and years past, they finally have depth. Diaz may even start, but Diaz, Mane, Salah, Firmino, uh, Jota, right? Those are like the big five. So they can play three of them and then, you know, bring two more on if they need them. Uh, and so they also have some midfield depth too. So I think what may happen is as Villarreal does start to wear down under the pressure on, on the road at Anfield, that Liverpool might be able to break away here in the second half. That would be my only fear. And that's the reason that I'm I'm going to play more on the first half, plus a half. Uh, we kind of saw it today. even You know, I thought Rigi really changed the game against Everton. He was really impressive in his limited time. But in the first half, I mean, Liverpool didn't do squat at home. So I think I think you're kind of – I'm going to get a little cute. I'm going to throw, you know, a little more on the first half than I am on the full game.
1: Yeah. And I think what you're going to see for Villarreal is very similar to what you saw from Everton, especially in that first half, like just a much better version of being, you know, housing their way through as long as they can, putting as many guys behind uh, the ball and finding a way out of trouble and and finding outlets on the wings. And hoping that uh, you know, if there are those 50-50 calls, they go their way or they get a little luck. We have talked about Liverpool's running, been running hot defensively seemingly forever now. Um, so it just seems like this this team has earned Villarreal has earned the right to have, like for us to to believe in them. And at eleven to one, like I said, I just think there's there's gonna there's a lot of you know Real or you know universes out there where we, this game is nil-nil or one-nil. Via Real in like the 60th, 70th minute. Um, So I'm going to take my chances here at at a big number at a team that just continues to prove us right at big numbers. So why would you stop now? Um, BJ, what do you have?
0: Yeah, I love Via Real plus one or plus one and a half. It's at plus 105 right now. Uh, To answer your question about the odds, Anthony, what's interesting is Bayern Munich was minus 400 at home in a game they needed to win. Liverpool opened. Minus 400 and now they're down to minus 350. So the market is clearly respecting yeah. Villarreal as they should have essentially before the tie against Byron, because like, this is no fluke. Like Villarreal 100% deserved to go through against Byron. They, to echo your point, Michael, not only were they, did they win a match or buy, they hold Byron to 2.6 expected goals over two legs, especially in the second leg when they, you know, Byron needed to win, but Villarreal scored in the eighth minute and essentially held Bayern from that point on to to one goal and 2.6 expected. Like that's incredibly impressive performance. So now, obviously, like Anthony mentioned, Liverpool is better than Bayern Munich, but what Villarreal has the ability to do what a lot of these other sides, I think, or smaller sides have gone up against Liverpool and failed, is they have the tactical flexibility to play the way they did in the first leg against Bayern, where they come out, they press them, they say, you know what, we're taking the game right to you. And they also have the ability like they did in the second leg to sit back in a four, four, two, play two low blocks and play incredibly defensive. So I have no doubt that Unai Emery is going to be able to just on the fly to whatever Liverpool is type of doing, because early on in the premier league season, Liverpool did struggle against teams that pressed them at a high rate. So Virial comes and he says, you know what, we got nothing to lose. We're taking it right to you. There's a chance that Liverpool could essentially crumble under that pressure. So Villarreal's ability to also play through pressure was really evident against Bayern Munich in that first leg. They had so many counterattacking opportunities. We said it on when we talked about it last time that they could have won like four, five, nothing, given the opportunities they had on the counter. Well, Bayern and Liverpool play very similar styles with that high line. And Liverpool is going to be way more aggressive uh, than essentially a team like if they were going to play Manchester City. I would be a little more hesitant on Villarreal, but Villarreal is an unbelievable counter-attacking team that can really cause Liverpool some problems. So really this, I mean, we've talked about how Liverpool can rotate their squad, but this is their ninth match in 25 days. Like at some point, at some point it has to kind of catch up with them. And you saw it kind of today. They were pretty sluggish in the first half against Everton. Villarreal, La Liga was off this weekend for the Copa del Rey final. So Villarreal is at eight days of rest for this match. So they will be, much more fresh than Liverpool. So in terms of spots, this is fantastic for Villarreal. So yes. I am on them plus one and a half at plus one and a five. I have Liverpool spread projected around minus 1.1. So I'm a little lower on Liverpool than Anthony is, but either way, there's definitely value on, on Villarreal in this leg. And I, I might take a shot on 11 to one as well, Michael, because I, I can't, That's I just love this team so much. And at some point, Liverpool, I, I know they're pretty much one of the best teams in the world, but at some point this run of games of high pressure, high stakes over weeks and weeks and weeks, it's going to catch up with you at some point. And what better spot against an incredible counter-attacking team
2: like Real? I feel like we're going to be get- saying that when they win the Champions League. It's yeah. be like, oh, you know, <laughs> Liverpool's going to be gassed at some point and then yeah. they win the Champions League. But I'll, I'll leave with one stat, and it's, uh, you know, people look at shots and they're like, oh, Bayern, 24 shots, Real, four shots, second leg. 1.5 expected goals on 24 shots is hilariously bad shot quality. So, you know, it, it's just another reason we use expected goals. And uh, I mean, people were
1: complaining about Everton's first half today, but they held Liverpool about 0.12 yep. uh, expected goals on, on like four or five shots. So it's like, it's, yeah. like they, it's in a weird way. They, they did really show that this strategy can work. It's just, you need better players um, to pull it off over 90 minutes? I can already hear Jurgen Klopp complaining about uh, Villarreal getting the, the weekend off before this while they continue to have to play. Um I think and Dan Juma uh,
2: might have a big game. That's my prediction.
1: <laughs> but uh know Dan Juma. And one one other point I want to make is is in a in a weird way, um, you know, this obviously of the four teams remaining, you know, the the, the other three teams, Madrid, City, Liverpool, like they would have said via real, everyone would say via real. That's probably the, the easiest path to the final. But in a weird way, um, via real, like like BJ was mentioning, like, this is probably their best chance uh of the of the teams left because City and you know, I guess Madrid would be the easier easier route, but like those two teams would be more than happy to kind of, uh, you know, they they won't play at that kind of high risk, high reward style that Liverpool does that, that Villarreal can uh, take advantage of. So yeah, really interesting one. And it just is not as straightforward. I don't think as this line. I think like you guys were saying, like the market clearly respects uh, Unai Emery's side as they should, uh, especially in these tournaments. Finally. Yeah. Over the past two years, right? Like we've been beating this drum too, that they won the Europa League last year. They beat Arsenal. They beat Man United to in semifinal and then a final, uh, this is a small club too. Like they, they took care of business there and now they've beaten Juventus and Bayern Munich. They got out of a group that had Atalanta uh, who, and, and United, like this is, this has been a really impressive run and they just, Unai Emery has shown that he can handle these situations. So uh, there's just, a, there are enough signals here that I think a bet on Villarreal uh, is, is well worth it, especially at the numbers, even, even if uh, the market is, is catching on. Uh, all right, let's move to the Europa League. Also in the semifinals, uh, both of these matches, though, will will take place on the same day, Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. West Ham, minus one ten at home, hosting Frankfurt out of the Bundesliga. The draw here is plus 250. Uh, Frankfurt, been largely mediocre in domestically this season. 10, 10, and 11 win, draw, loss. Uh, a minus two, uh, excuse me, minus two goal differential. 42 scored, 44 against. But a uh, minus... 11 expectable differentials, nearly 39 uh, created and 50 allowed. However, they just got by Barcelona who were red hot in, uh, in the champion uh, the Europa League quarterfinals. So it's tough. I mean, and, and we've talked about this West Ham team has, has looked shaky. They, they win one, they lose one, they draw one. They've, they've just been up and down. And I think a lot of it is because they they're basically putting all their eggs into this into this basket and, and focusing on the Europa league coming off the, the wins over Leon across the two legs. So I think this game, like it's, it's, it looks right. I would be interested in, in, in maybe an, an over here. Cause I think, you know, both of these defenses are uh, pretty susceptible to giving up big chances. BJ, what do you have here?
0: Yeah. I like the over as well. Uh, I, was, I had it in my notes. It was like it, very interesting that we have basically two teams that have some seemingly fallen off a cliff. In their in their domestic leagues, but somehow got through against like Leon was by far a better team than West Ham at the, at that given juncture, and obviously Barcelona was in red hot form. But you know West Ham, we've talked about it. They're an injury crisis. I mean, Kurt Zuma and Issa Diop are still out. Uh, up Craig Dawson is going to be. You know they basically had to play a back three today against Chelsea, um, and then Craig Dawson got a red card, so he's going to be out against Arsenal. I really have no idea what they're going to do in that match, but we'll talk about that next week. Uh, But what it does is it brings West Ham out of their typical 4-2-3-1 that they've had so much success in. So it's very difficult for me to see how they're not going to concede quite a bit here to Frankfurt. I mean, even in the quarterfinals against Lyon, they allowed one goal over the two legs, but Lyon created 3.7. So they really weren't that good defensively. And Frankfurt, I mean, they were good offensively against a barcelona team that was unbelievable like had an unbelievable defensive run under Xavi, and they created 3.1 over those two legs but you know in the bundesliga they haven't been that great like you mentioned like 1.3 expected goals per match but throughout the europa league they're averaging around 1.6 expected goals per match so they've obviously been much better in these type of competitions but i mean defensively in the bundesliga this year they are 15th in big scoring chances allowed. They're conceding 1.74 per match. And West Ham, offensively, you know, they haven't been great, like we've mentioned, since the calendar turned to 2022, but they have done a good job all season at creating big scoring chances. They average about 1.3 per match. But really, today against Chelsea, they rested Mikael Antonio, they rested Jared Bowen, and then Declan Rice for most of the match. So, uh, yeah, I have 2.95 goals projected for this match. So, over two goals that even money I think is a decent price for two defenses that are very, very shaky right now.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm curious for you, Anthony, because I feel like you you like to bet against both of these teams uh, in their domestic leagues quite a bit.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it's a mid off, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, this like the league Europa League semifinals are pretty underwhelming when you consider some of the matchups we've had in, in past years and just the general quality of the conference league. Ones are actually far more enticing to me, but these are two pretty overrated teams that I've been kind of fading often, not as much Frankfurt. Cause I think the market's pretty wrong or pretty right on them. And that they're, you know, just, I've got them 10th, I think in the Bundesliga and they are 10th and they've kind of played that way for most of the season, but uh, West ham has finally come down to earth. I mean, it's been a slow progressive slide into the mud. And today I didn't get a chance to watch the match, but 25 shots for Chelsea, two and a half expected goals. Uh, It was a pretty concerning, concerning performance. And I understand the flat spot idea. Like they just have a look ahead to this match of their season. uh, Biggest West Ham match in many, many years on Thursday. Okay, fine. You can be flat, but they got what what looks like trucked. So two teams I'm looking to play against. So that doesn't make me love either side generally. And my number's relatively close. uh, I make West Ham Right around the number, actually, plus 110. So I lean toward Frankfurt just because I generally like the dog in the situation in the first leg on the road. And we talked about Leon three and a half, 3.7 expected goals created over two legs. West Ham's defense was getting very, very fortunate, both legs. I think they hit the post twice in the first leg, if I'm recalling correctly. Leon did in West Ham. They were the much better side. There was a red card involved, but Leon really deserved more from that. So I would lean toward Frankfurt on the road here, but don't really love either side.
1: The other semifinal features RB Leipzig, uh fresh off of a loss to Union Berlin over the weekend, which we were all on. Um, they're minus two sixty hosting Rangers out of Scotland, plus seven hundred to draw here, plus three eighty. It's an interesting matchup because we've been talking about Leipzig overperforming relative to their to their data for a long time. Like they've been running hot offensively by, uh, fifteen goals or so. Uh, it finally caught up to them a little bit. Uh, in the loss to Union Berlin, they they still scored more than more uh, goals than their xG right. 0. 0.6 created one scored. They scored on their first shot, of course. Um, but then you, you look at uh, Rangers. It's, it's kind of hard to to judge Scottish teams just because their the division they play in is is so top heavy, right? You usually get Rangers, Celtic, and then one of you know Hearts or uh, you know Aberdeen, whoever whoever like kind of pops this year. I think it's Hearts and Dundee like have been decent in in terms of domestic form. So and the data is just not that good because they're they're playing against bad teams and then the, the league splits and it's just it's a completely different animal uh than a lot of these other uh leagues. So it's hard to to kind of just judge how just how good this Rangers team is and they're clearly going to be stepping up in competition on the road uh against Leipzig. Leipzig minus 375 to advance Rangers plus 285. Uh just because of the overperformance like I don't hate a bet on Rangers at 7 to 1 but it does seem like Leipzig are probably uh, well, you know that they're deserving of, of these prices, uh, considering the opposition. And Bj, what do you think? I think
0: chaos is has is written all over this entire tie. The good news about it, you mentioned with the data with Scotland. Uh, good. The good news is is we have two legs of Rangers playing Dortmund in the Europa League uh, knockout playoffs. I believe is what they're called. And that was just complete chaos. I believe there were 10 goals over the two matches, 8.2 expected goals, goals total for those. And I, I understand that Leipzig has overperformed offensively, but Dortmund and Leipzig play very, very similar up-tempo type styles. And what I saw from Rangers over those two legs is they are not afraid at all to get out on the counter and send guys forward. Because, you know, we, we've we talked about it all the time, but teams like this who play in lower leagues where they dominate possession all the time and they have to come to these European competitions and play against sides who are going to dominate possession there. I mean, Rangers throughout this in time, they've got it a pretty easy path. Let's be honest that once they got by Dortmund, they got to play red star Belgrade, and then they got Braga out of Portugal. So I am expecting chaos. I'm expecting an over here. I love over two and a half goals at minus uh, two and a half given Rangers up-tempo style, their ability to counterattack. And seemingly the game just to be incredibly open. I mean, throughout the Europa League, Rangers matches have been incredibly open. 8.2 over two legs against Dortmund, six and a half over two legs against Red Star Belgrade. And then I understand there were two red cards in there and there was some extra time. So you have to put this with a little caveat, but they created 6.1 expected goals against Braga in the second leg, which is, I think, maybe the biggest... Expectable output I've seen this season. I, somebody might have to correct me on that one, but I have three and a, a little over three and a half goals projected for this match. So over two and a half at minus one thirty-five, I think is a really, really good price for a match that is going to be incredibly open. And honestly, I do not mind a bet on Rangers at all because if they play similarly, because they can set up similarly to how Union Berlin did this past weekend, there is no doubt in my mind that they can torch. R.B. Leipzig on the counter because they have struggled on the counter at times this season, especially early on, and they haven't really played a team that's gonna punish them on the counter, like the like a team like Rangers is gonna be able to do. I mean, uh Atalanta was definitely the better side against them in the last, you know, first leg, and then RB Leipzig, you know, kind of took over in that, in that second leg, but yeah. I think Rangers is definitely live to advance here and get to the final, uh, given the RB Leipzig overperformance and the negative aggression that we saw against Union Berlin. I think it's going to continue to come here uh, in, the, in this first leg.
1: Anthony, uh, you're going a, a different route here. You, you've got a, a big picture view of, of Leipzig, as big picture as you can get when it's the
2: semifinals. Yeah, I mean, the number's not great in terms of like, you know, we're getting a big number on Leipzig to win the Europa League, but I, I am stunned it's plus 120. Uh, I think, you know, I've talked about you know they're minus 370 right to get to the final so which is to advance over two legs and to be honest from a matchup perspective Rangers scares me about as much as as West Ham and Eintracht Frankfurt do in terms of their one that's a very difficult road environment so the fact that we get it over two legs I like because I think that's the one that has higher variance because we're expecting you know a, a lot of back and forth in that match so I like it I get the better team over two legs in that situation In a one-legged final against Eintracht Frankfurt, I mean, they played Frankfurt twice this year. Frankfurt stole two draws. None of those matches were competitive. I believe it was 4.5 to 0.3 expected goals over two matches at and home against Frankfurt. So if it's Frankfurt, I feel really good about our plus 120. And even against West Ham, a team that has been clearly sliding and a team that now has injuries, I think Leipzig is by far the best team left in the tournament and they're going to win the tournament. So at plus 120, I love them to win Europa League. I'm not betting this match though. I think it's uh, uh, like BJ said, I would lean toward the over, but uh, I think I'm just going to take the plus plus one twenty two to win this whole tournament. And uh, hopefully we don't get soccered in the final. I think
1: let's uh real quick Europa Con- conference league semifinals as well. Uh, Feyenoord taking on Marseille and then lesser city and Roma in-, in a really interesting one. Uh, I think that if you asked uh, UEFA, when they, when they came up with this, new competition for whatever reason, uh, if they could pick a couple of teams that they'd want to meet in this situation, I think Leicester city and Roma would probably be at the top of their list. Cause they're, you know, biggish clubs. Uh, and it will mean something to uh, Leicester for sure. And, and, and Roma, I guess, you know, Mourinho gets to t- talk about a trophy. He won. Uh, if they do um, what do you guys have here? We'll start with you BJ real quick. Yeah. I mean, how do
0: you not love Roma in this spot? I mean, Leicester is a slight favorite at home. I- Crazy. I do not know how they are favorites at home right now. I mean, I understand that Jose Reno's men just lost to Inter this past weekend, but Romo was 11 matches unbeaten before that with a plus 12.8 expected goal differential over that run since the beginning of March, we've talked about it. Leicester plus two actual goal differential minus 5.4 expected goal differential. Now they were impressive in the second leg against PSV with their backs against the wall. They got two late goals created about 2.7 expected. So feather in their cap for that. But with that being said, overall for the season, Leicester has a minus 11.2 expected goal differential. Roma's at plus 22. That is a what very, very wide gap that the competition level from the Premier League to Serie A cannot make up. I mean, Leicester defensively is 16th in the Premier League in non-penalty expected goals and 18th in shots per 90. Roma is third in Italy in both those categories. And I just don't see how how Leicester is a favorite here. So I love Roma. It's a bit pricey. Roma plus half a goal is minus one fifty right now. Uh, you could play them on the money line. I, I do believe that they're going
1: to be able to just. I, I just don't understand how Lester is a favorite in this in this tie.
2: Uh, Anthony, uh, you're singing a similar tune here. Yeah, I make Roma minus one ten on the draw no bet. So I've got them as a favorite, not by a ton, but you know, on the road here, of course, in the first leg, and uh, I took them plus a quarter goal at minus 110. So I think I'm getting a, a pretty good number there and what I think should really be pretty close to a toss-up. I'm getting the court goal. I'm going to take it. I think this match may well end in a draw and then Roma will go home and win. I'm still looking for prices on the two advanced lines. I have not been able to find any yet. I'm hoping as we get closer to Thursday that we're going to get those posted. I'm going to be playing Roma to advance Don't know the number, of course, but I think based on the lines that we have for the first match, I can pretty much tell that we're going to get a good Roma to advance numbers. So I think they should be solid favorites to advance uh, over two legs, over 60%, in my opinion. And, you know, they were the second best team coming into this competition behind Spurs. 538 still thinks they are. I have no reason to believe they're not the second best and the best team remaining in this field. So I'm taking Roma. And again, the other match, you know, we've talked about Marseille and BJ hates them and I kind of like them. For you know, fun reasons, and I think they're a lot of fun. But in terms of you know, from a regression point of view, I like Feyenoord's matchup here. I don't love them in the first leg, but I'm going to be looking for them to advance too. I think we're going to get a dog price on Feyenoord to advance. Uh, Marseille, one of the slowest build-up teams in all of Europe, 1.19 direct speed uh, from the analyst. That's the slowest in all of France. Second most passes per sequence. Their expected goals, they're only like fifth or sixth in France though, in terms of actual quality this season. They're fifth in expected goals allowed from open play only seventh from expected goals four. as we're recording this they've taken two shots in the first half at reams so they're really not an impressive attack for me and it really comes down to a lot of high magic to over overcome that and he can do that but uh I think Finord matches up pretty well with their ability to counter attack on the road here uh in the second leg so I'm gonna be looking to bet them in the second leg straight up but I also will be looking to bet Finord to advance again we don't have a number I haven't been able to find a number yet but I like Finord.
1: All right and and there is a, a Premier League match uh over the midweek it's a Thursday one and it's hilarious it's Man United plus 225 <laughs> against Chelsea plus 120 uh the draw here's plus 260 I, I I mean we say it every week like I, I well, what number would you need to bet Man United in this in this match or what they're kind of putting out there uh not not in terms of their lineup but just in terms of their effort and their complete lack of cohesion and that's kind of the just stuff that's swirling around this club right now uh it's 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 tough to imagine Chelsea should be fully up for this one. You're always up for a Man United match, and uh, they can basically make sure it's 100% done and dusted that they finish in the top four with uh, three points here. They're coming off a win over uh, West Ham on the weekend, a late winner from Christian Pulisic after Georgino with one of the worst uh, penalties ever. Uh, meanwhile, Man United they got thrashed by B.J.'s Arsenal uh, after being thrashed by Liverpool after being a lucky winner against Norwich and after losing to Everton. So what a run here from Ralph Rangnitz, Manchester United. Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I think that the number is crazy, like across the board, unplayable. Uh, it's a pretty easy one for me to pass on. It's the only game which sucks, but so you won't always want to play those, those Island games, but I got nothing uh, in terms of betting standpoint for United and Chelsea. Uh, BJ, what do you have?
0: Yeah. i Probably going to end up passing as well. I, I have Chelsea projected at plus 112 and the over-under at 2.75. So not much value on me over under the overs at minus 125 price at minus 125. So easy pass me. I I mean, United, you have to question motivation with them right now. They're clearly out of the top four. They could care less if they're in the Europa Conference League or the Europa League. Uh, you have a new manager coming in. Uh, it's, I mean, Ronaldo once again. you know, essentially almost saved them <laughs> like, uh, with the great move in that first one. And then, you know, a bad penalty penalty by Bruno Fernandes. But once Arsenal went up to nothing, I thought United was played a little bit more inspired. It's just, they came out very, very flat. Uh, so you could see a tip, another scenario like that here. Um, I think this is a fun game to, uh, potentially play live. Cause if United scores first, I, I think I probably be jumping in on Chelsea because, if you remember the last time these two teams met, I believe it was in the middle, either the end of the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer era or uh, just after it. Um, just after, just Michael Carrick was in charge. But was Michael you, Carrick era. When we yeah. it was
2: good this season. When United yeah. basically like just minutes.
0: packed it in for ninety minutes and they got one breakaway that they put away and they tied one
2: one. So I think Jorginho slipped right. Or something yeah, like he that slipped. And they got a free. Like it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Somebody fell.
0: Cool. It was off a corner. They, like, United cleared it. Somebody slipped. And, you know, I think it was Sancho who got the breakaway. Sancho, yeah,
2: one-on-one.
0: So, I mean, we could see a similar scenario like that. I think this is just a fun live betting game, especially if uh, United goes up. Because I don't know where, with Chelsea winning today, I mean, they're pretty much secure. And they were, I mean, they were secure before today. But winning today really clinched third place for them. So, you have to question motivation with them as well. So, I mean, you get up for like you said, Michael, you get up for a match against one of the big six. But I, I, is
1: like I'm agree with you. This is an easy pass for me, Anthony. Anything here before we move on to our favorite bet for
2: the week? Yeah, I don't have much either. Uh, BJ said plus one twelve. I just looked at mine plus one oh eight. So I show you know the tiniest value on on the Blues on the road. Uh, I don't hate the idea of fading United again. If you want to, if you want to have fun with this, I mean, I'll, I'll be watching the Conference League. Uh, but because I, uh, you know, when you can watch Europa conference league, why would you watch the prem? But yeah, I watch think, Rangers, uh, watch Rangers and Leipzig. Over Le- Leipzig I mean, a Colosso show, I think is going to Paramount plus Galasso's show is going to be doing all four matches simultaneously. So that will be where I will be tuned in on Thursday. But, uh, you know, from, from this match point of view, I, I think if you want to bet Chelsea, you can look toward all lines because they did, you know, play pretty impressively today and, I do think that they have a chance to kind of make a statement here and and you know rub some dirt on Man United and clearly Liverpool and and Arsenal look to do the same. Although you know United really did have some good moments against Arsenal. I thought I was encouraged by that, but uh, you know you, you think if they're going to give a good effort, it's going to come at home. So that is another another indicator maybe you're looking towards. But at this point in the year, I have no interest in backing Manchester United. The question that about Gladbach? They covered this weekend, but
1: all right, you know, now, we'll close this one out with our favorite bets for. This week, Champions League, Europa League, all over the place. Uh, should be a fun week, BJ. Anthony, I think this is the first time since we've started the show that all three of us are on the same side for, for our best bet. So we'll let you start it off, BJ.
0: Yep, Villarreal, plus one and a half at plus 105. I mean, this is, like we've already mentioned, it is no fluke that Villarreal is here. Held Bayern to 2.6 expected goals over two legs when they actually went up in the first leg in the eighth minute. So they've essentially held one of the best offenses in the world to a very, very low amount over those two legs. The ability of Villarreal to play through pressure to, on the, to go out on the counter is going to be very, very crucial in this matchup against the Liverpool side that can really suffocate you if you're not able to play through that kind of pressure. And they showed in the first leg against Bayern that they have the ability to get out and counter and put pressure on Liverpool's high line uh, I mean, Liverpool, the spot for them is not that great. This is their ninth match in 25 days of just constant high pressure playing United, playing an emergency side derby against Everton, twice against Manchester City. Real has had eight days of rest. La Liga was off this weekend, so they will be fresh and ready for this one. They Tactically, they can set up incredibly defensive and play two low blocks. They can come out. They can put pressure on you and cause a lot of problems. So, uh, I mean, from a projection standpoint, I have Liverpool spread projected out Minus 1.06. So I love the value on Villarreal plus one and a half at plus 105.
1: Sticking with the same team going a different direction. 11-1 Villarreal on the money line at Anfield. Uh, like we're saying, their impressive Champions League run continued with a, a shocking result uh, against Bayern. But it's only shocking if you haven't been paying attention or if you haven't been listening to the show. This That result was coming, uh, especially after an impressive two-leg win over Uh, Juventus, so this team has already defeated Arsenal, Man United, Juventus, and Bayern Munich in the past two years uh, in Europa League or Champions League, knockout ties, so why not Liverpool? Uh, has already paid off for us at big numbers, I'm not going to start downing them now, no matter the team, and as BJ said, at some point, all these games should catch up to the Reds, and it could happen on Wednesday night against a team that is suited to play in this time of environment. Anthony,
2: what about you? You know, we found three different ways to back Villarreal here because BJ's got the spread. You've got the money line. I'm going to take the first half spread, plus a half, plus 110. I think Villarreal is finally getting priced correctly in the market in terms of this match when you compare their numbers when they played Bayern three weeks ago when they're playing now against Liverpool. They're being priced a little bit shorter uh, against Liverpool, who is clearly a better team. So the market's clearly starting to catch up on the yellow submarine. But And I do worry about Liverpool depth. That's the main reason I'm not playing the full game here. I think Liverpool has the chance to make a lot of high-impact subs and bring guys off the bench to really change the game. We saw that with Origi today against Everton, and we've seen that in the past even the games against Inter Milan, uh, the first leg against Inter Milan, the first leg against Benfica, when they went to the subs is when they really started to separate a little bit, created more chances against the, you know, the tired first 11 of the opponent. And I think that could happen here. It's a little bit of a concern for me. So I'm going to take Villarreal in the first half to have a great defensive game plan to park the bus uh, and to effectively keep Liverpool out of transition here and keep them away from a goal, hopefully in the first half, or maybe Villarreal even sneaks one and we get the plus a half in that way.
1: All right, that'll do it for a very yellow submarine episode of Wonder Goal for BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. I'm Michael Lebuff, wishing you with the best of luck with your soccer bets, and we all live on a yellow submarine.